जय यशोदानंदन जय ब्रजजन रंजन जय यमुनातिरवन चारी जय कुंज जय यमुनातिरवन चारी जय कुंज जय राधा माधव जय कुंज जय राधा माधव जय कुंज हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा 
राम राम हरे हरे जय प्रभुपदा जय प्रभुपदा श्रीला प्रभुपदा जयम विश्वपाद परमहंस प्रभुराज गाचार्य अष्टोत्तर शत श्री श्रीमद्रेवन ग्रेस ए श्री भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी महाराज शिला प्रभुपाद की जय स्कॉन बीबी टिफोटराजय शिला प्रभुपाद की जय जयम विष्णुपाद परमहंस प्रभुराज गाचार्य अष्टोत्तर शत श्री श्रीमद भक्ति सिद्धांत सर ठाकुर महाराज शिला प्रभुपाद की जय आनंद कोड़ी वैष्णवृंद की जय नाम आचार्य शिला हरिदास ठाकुर की जय प्रेम सको जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैतगदाथा श्रीवासादि गौर भक्तवृंद की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवतम की जय जय निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे ओल ग्लोरी श्री असंबल डिबडी ओल ग्लोरी श्री असंबल डिबडी ओल ग्लोरी श्री असंबल डिबडी ओल ग्लोरी श्री गुरु गौरंग ओल ग्लोरी श्रील प्रभुपाद की जय हरे कृष्णा ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय We are reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto Seven, Chapter Nine, entitled "Pralat Pacifies the Lord with Prayers." So this verse is one of the very famous verses from Shrimad Bhagavatam, and especially from Seventh Canto and from Prayers of Pralat Maharaj. यन्मैधुनादिगृहमेति सुखम हितुच्छम् कंडुयनेनकरयोरिबदुखदुखम् त्रिप्यंदिनेहकृपनाबहुदुखभाजा कंडूदिवन मनसिजम विषहेद धीरा यन्मय धुनादिग्रहमेधि सुखम हितुच्छम कंडूयने न करयोरिवदुखदुखम त्रिप्यंदिने हकरपना बहुदुखभाजा कंडूदिवन मनसिजम विषहेद धीरा यन्मय धुनाधि ग्रहमेधि सुखम हितुच्छम 
കണ്ടുയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്യന്തിനേഹ കൃപണാ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര എൻമൈഥുനാദിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്യന്തിനേഹ കൃപണാ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര എൻമൈഥുനാദിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്യന്തിനേഹ കൃപണാ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര യന്മൈഥുനാധിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്യന്തിനേഹ കൃപണാ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര യന്മൈഥുനാധിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം ഹ കൃപണാ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര എൻമൈഥുനാദിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്പന്തിനേഹ കൃപണാ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര എൻമൈഥുനാദിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്പന്തിനേഹ കൃപണോ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ കണ്ടൂതിവൻ മനസിജം വിഷഹേതധീര മാധുജീസ് എൻമൈഥുനാദിഗൃഹമേധി സുഖം ഹി തുച്ഛം കണ്ടൂയനേന കരയോരിവ ദുഃഖ ദുഃഖം തൃപ്പന്തിനേഹ കൃപണോ ബഹു ദുഃഖഭാജ 
ಕಂಡೂದಿವನ್ ಮನಸಿಜಂ ವಿಷಹೇದ ಧೀರ ಎನ್ಮೈಥುನಾದಿ ಗೃಹಮೇಧಿ ಸುಖಂ ಹಿ ತುಚ್ಛಂ ಕಂಡೂಯನೇನ ಗರೆಯೋರಿವ ದುಃಖ ದುಃಖಂ ತೃಪ್ಯಂದಿನೇಹ ಕೃಪಣೋ ಬಹು ದುಃಖ ಭಾಜ ಕಂಡೂದಿವನ್ ಮನಸಿಜಂ ವಿಷಹೇದ ಧೀರ ಟು ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಯತ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಮೆನ್ ಫಾರ್ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲ್ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಗ್ರಾಟಿಫಿಕೇಶನ್ ಮೈಥುನ ಆದಿ ರೆಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟೆಡ್ ಬೈ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೆಕ್ಸ್ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಸೆಕ್ಷುಯಲ್ ಲಿಟ್ರೇಚರ್ or enjoying sex life at home or outside as in a club grahamedhi sukham all types of material happiness based on attachment to family society friendship etc he indeed tucham insignificant kanduyanena with the itching kareyoho of the two hands to relieve the itching eva like dukha dukham different types of unhappiness into which one is put after such itching sense gratification tripyanti become satisfied na never iha in material sense gratification kripanah the foolish persons bahudukha bhajah subjected to various types of material unhappiness kandudivat if one can learn from such itching manasijam which is simply a mental concoction actually there is no happiness vishaheta and tolerate such itching dhiraha he can become a most perfect sober person translation sex life is compared to the rubbing of two hands to relieve an itch grahamedhis so called grahasthas who have no spiritual knowledge think that this itching is the greatest platform of happiness although actually it is a source of distress the kripanas the fools who are just the opposite of brahmanas are not satisfied by repeated sensuous enjoyment those who are dhira however who are sober and who tolerate this itching are not subjected to the sufferings of fools and rascals purport by 
హిస్ డివైన్ గ్రేస్ ఏసి భక్తివేదాంత స్వామి శ్రీల ప్రభుపాద్ శ్రీల ప్రభుపాద్కి జాయ్ మెటీరియలిస్టిక్ మెటీరియలిస్ట్ థింక్ దాట్ సెక్షువల్ ఇంటెలిజెన్స్ ఈజ్ ద గ్రేటెస్ట్ హ్యాపీనెస్ ఇన్ దిస్ మెటీరియల్ వరల్డ్ అండ్ దేర్ ఫోర్ దే మేక్ ఎలోబరేట్ ప్లాన్స్ టు సాటిస్ఫై ద సెన్సెస్ ఎస్పెషలీ ద జెనిటల్స్ దిస్ ఈజ్ జనరలీ ఫౌండ్ ఎవ్రీవేర్ అండ్ ఎస్పెషలీ ఫౌండ్ in the western world where there are regular arrangements to satisfy sex life in different ways actually however this has not made anyone happy even the hippies who have given up all the materialistic comforts of their fathers and grandfathers cannot give up the sensation sensational happiness of sex life such persons are described here as krupanas mysus the human form of life is a great asset for in this life one can fulfill the goal of existence unfortunately however because of lack of education and and culture people are victimized by the false happiness of sex life prahlad maharaj therefore advises one not to be misled by the civilization of sense gratification and especially not by sex life rather one should be sober avoid sense gratification and be krishna conscious the lusty person who is compared to a foolish miser never gets happiness by sense gratification the influence of material nature is very difficult to surpass but as stated by krishna in bhagavad gita 7:14 mam evaye pravadyante mayam etam tarantite if one voluntarily submits to the lotus feet of krishna he can be saved very easily in reference to the low grade happiness of sex life yamanacharya says in this connection యదావధి మమ చేద కృష్ణ పదారవిందే నవనవరస ధామన్యుద్యత నందురాసీత్ తదవధి బద నారీ సంగమే స్మర్యమానే భవతి ముఖ వికార సుష్టు నిష్ఠీవనం చిన్స్ ఐ హ్యావ్ బిన్ ఎంగేజ్డ్ ఇన్ ద ట్రాన్సెండెంటల్ లవింగ్ సర్వీస్ ఆఫ్ కృష్ణ రియలైజింగ్ ఎవర్ న్యూ ప్లెజర్ ఇన్ హిమ్ వెనెవర్ ఐ థింక్ ఆఫ్ సెక్స్ ప్లెజర్ i spit at the thought and my lips curl with distaste yamanacharya had formerly been a great king who enjoyed sexual happiness in various ways but since he later engaged himself in the service of the lord he enjoyed spiritual bliss and hated to think of sex life if sexual thoughts came to him he would spit with disgust ఓమజ్ఞానతిమరాంధస్యాజనశలాకయాక్షూరున్మిలితూతలేయంరూపాకదామహ్యం వందేహం శ్రీగురో శ్రీయుతాపదగమలం శ్రీగురూన్ వైష్ణవాంశ్చూపం సాగ్రజాతం సహగణరఘునాథాన్యుతం తం సజీవం సద్వైతం సావధూతం పరిజన సహితం కృష్ణచైతన్యదేవం శ్రీరాధాకృష్ణపాదాన్ సహగణలిత శ్రీ విశాఖాన్యుతాం 
हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वाछगलपद्रुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्यव पतिताभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नम जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निदिगौर्भक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे भूतर्महाभुर विभू निर्माशेते यदमूष पुरुष भुंक्ते गुणाषोडशोडशात्मक सोलंकृशीष्ट भगवान्वचासी मे हरे कृष्णा दिस इज a very famous verse from shrimad bhagavatam from the teachings of shri pralad maharaj indeed this verse is quoted within shila prabhupad's books more than 30 times and shila prabhupad has quoted this verse in lectures and conversation over 135 times so you can understand the importance of this verse it is very very significant and it is very relevant to all of our lives now if you think about this verse and if you think about teachings of shri pralad how did he learn all this he is just 5 years old and the subject matter he is dealing with is far advanced generally a five year old cannot even understand what's going on and how could one be a critic of such an activity and provide profound knowledge and we know how did he learn this from narada muni and the essential principle is he learned from the authority simply by the process of hearing so this is a very significant point for us to understand that the real learning comes from hearing hearing from the authorities in other words we don't really have to experience we can simply learn by hearing from the authorities we can hear their realized knowledge and from that one can understand everything one doesn't have to experience so this is one of the essential teachings of vedic literature however in the current society this is being challenged all the time isn't it how can you learn from just hearing and even normal times we can see this point you have to experience just by hearing how can you learn in fact this argument did exist all the time this argument did exist all the time even at the time of daksha probably we are talk- talking about few manvantaras before we know the episode of daksha cursing narada muni because daksha produced 10000 children hariyashwas 
right? He produced 10,000 sons. And he, he did this as a service to the Lord, interestingly enough, by the order of Lord Brahma, his father. Even after that, all these 10,000 sons were sent to perform austerity before entering to Grihastha Ashram. And they were performing austerity, as you know, in the Narayana Sara. And Narayana preached to them. And he gave a very complicated, cryptic analogy about family life. And it is mentioned, just by their own intelligence, they were able to decipher the analogy. They understood and then they continued the devotion service. They didn't go back home. So all became brahmacharis and sannyasis. And eventually they went back home, back to Godhead. In fact, Daksha became very disappointed because he had already produced 10k sons. That's a big number, if you think about. And all of them became sannyasis. They never entered into family life. It was of a great disappointment for Daksha. But he controlled himself. <laughs> and Naradamini is interesting. He, he indeed went and met Daksha after that. How is that? He went and met Daksha and Daksha was very angry but he controlled his anger. After that, he again performed austerities. Daksha produced another one case sons, thousand more. Indeed, Daksha had some culture and that's why before entering into Grihastha Ashram, he wanted his sons to be trained properly and so to be trained in Brahmacharya, he sent them again to the same direction. This time the job of Naradamani was much easier. Because Naradamani told them, already your brothers have gone back home, back to Godhead. That is the most auspicious path. So don't waste time. Please continue your devotional service and go back home, back to Godhead. All of them listened and they never went back home. What happened to Daksha this time? He was furious. He was hissing in anger. And he cursed Naradamani, but he gave very a lot of logic behind it. One of the reasons that was given by Daksha was this. He said, my children, my sons, Arbhagas, my young boys, they are very inexperienced. They don't know about life. They have to go through different experiences in life. They have to go through family life. And they have to go through intense suffering. This was the point. Unless and until one experiences intense suffering and side by side, if one gets knowledge, then one can get realization. It's a very logical point. It's very, very interesting actually. There is a good rationale behind it. You go through suffering. He doesn't, he doesn't say that. Just go through suffering. As you go through suffering, you have to be educated in spiritual knowledge. By the combination of both, one can get realization and then one can be a renounced person and that be natural to oneself. Isn't it a very intelligent proposal? It is, actually if you think about it. But this has been rejected by Vedic authorities. It has been rejected by Vaishnavas. It is rejected by Naradvani and Srila Prabhupada. In one sense, that is indeed the difference between our movement and even many other movements, including Vaishnava movements. Where if someone comes to the temple, we straight away talk about renunciation. We doesn't tell everyone to become brahmacharis or sannyasis, but still we talk about renunciation even within Grihastha life. 
We talk about the highest goal of life to be pursued in all ashrams, isn't it? Straight away. We don't say that, okay, you can become serious in, his, in your spiritual life. As you go through family life, at the age of retirement, you can be serious in spiritual life. Do we say that? No. The spiritual process is common for everyone. Doesn't matter whether one is a brahmachari, grihasa, vanapasta, or sannyas. It is devotion service. We all chant the same mantra. Our minimum prescription is same, isn't it? 16 rounds minimum. And the initiation, whether first or second initiation, it is not restricted to any ashrams. It is for all. So the spiritual process and the process of surrender is common, independent of the ashram. So this is one of the unique points of ISKCON, Krishna Conscious Society, because Srila Prabhupada wanted everyone to go back home, back to Godhead, no matter which ashram they belong to. So here, Daksha is presenting something different. You had to gradually develop. And gradually one has to become renounced. This was the point of Daksha. But Naradaman didn't hear. And he became very angry and cursed. Even when we become serious in devotion life, if we go back to India, people do preach in this way, isn't it? It's a common notion in India that one should become serious in Krishna consciousness, one should become serious in spirituality when one becomes old. And they quote different Shastra. I remember I was almost becoming a brahmachari and uh, everyone knew in the family, in the immediate family and a little distant family that, look, this guy is gone. Hmm? <laughs> I remember meeting one of our family friends, very close friends, uh, Mataji, and she saw me, I was not wearing saffron, I was just in dhoti kutta, and with tilak, seeing me she started crying. <laughs> he is gone, he is gone, <laughs> you know, he is out of our control, now what can we do? Hmm? So one of my cousins, he wanted to preach to me, wanted to give some good intelligence. He started telling, look and quoting Shastra. There is Brahmacharya, there is Grihastha, there is Vanaprastha, there is Sanyas. So what you do? You have to, before getting into saffron, you have to go through life. One has to become very matured. After maturity, then only get into the renounced paths. Otherwise, it is very artificial. One shouldn't do this. Hmm? One has to go through this. One has to experience. And of course, I was a new devotee, so I was fired up. Immediately, you know, what, what did I say? There are three kinds of intelligence. <laughs> because immediately we have answer for everything. That is speciality of Krishna consciousness. If any question, philosophically we can counter. We have answer for everything. I said, there are different kinds of intelligence. There is first class intelligence, there is second class intelligence, and there is third class intelligence. Oh, what is that? So he was a bit perplexed. What he never heard before, right? And he is quoting, he is also quoting Shastra. He is telling, see Kashyapa, see Bhrugumuni, see Vishwamitra. You know, see any sage, if you take, there is a saintly lady next to them. Which is true, actually. They are all great. Muni, you want to become a Muni? You become a Muni, no problem. You become a saint. But there has to be a saintly lady next to that. And he's quoting Shastra. So I said, because we, we have the teachings of Prabhupada, first class intelligence. I said, what is first class intelligence? Learn from hearing. <laughs> and second class intelligence by experience. After hearing, and third class intelligence, after experiencing also, one doesn't learn. After this experience, experience he asked, 
where you from childhood only did you think started thinking about all these kind of things <laughs> after a few sentences he stopped he said okay okay you continue i'm leaving <laughs> so this is how it is uh, people have this notion that people have to learn go through all the ashrams and then only one can learn and that is daksha's proposal go through intense suffering he's saying go through intense suffering and then learn but Prabhuva says, Naradamuni says, our Parampara says, by hearing one can avoid suffering. This verse is actually speaking about the same point. By hearing, please avoid suffering. From hearing from whom? Hearing from the authorities, please avoid suffering. Please don't go through whole experience of suffering. Hmm. That's why this example is the example is given. Some people say. There, there, there is mentality among friends. Not now, probably we don't watch movies now. Before Krishna consciousness, we watch all the movies maybe. And some movie people say, it's a bad movie. So some people hear, bad movie, better not to watch that movie. If, oh, I watched that movie, very bad, don't go for it. But some people say, no, 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 I want, I want to see how bad it is. Everyone is telling it is bad, but some people want to say, no, I want to watch and experience how bad it is. <laughs> and they go, go and watch. So this is how, when it comes to sense gratification and all the problems of material life, it is like that. Hmm? Some people say, I want to experience, then only I want to. Everyone is saying, don't do, you're going to suffer. No, 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 let me try. So this is second class intelligence and Prabhu says, don't get into the second class intelligence, come to the platform of first class intelligence and that can be applied in every ashram interestingly everywhere we can apply this and that's why this becomes very relevant so Prahlad if you see five-year-old boy the amount of wisdom he has is mind-boggling isn't it how much he knows about material life not just this verse you can hear the teachings of Sri Prahlad from chapter 5 onwards he preaches to his classmates what he learned in the womb of his mother. He's preaching to his classmates when he was just five years old. I don't think none of you are five years old, right? You're all gone past five years, right? <laughs> Much older. So he started preaching when he was just five years old. Just five years old, he knew so much. And that was very deeply realized. So in the sixth chapter, beginning itself, he says, Sukham Aindrigam. Daitya Deha Yogena Dehinam. He says, Sukham Aindrigam. This Sukham Aindrigam, the happiness that you can derive from the senses, there is a problem with that. The problem is that it is not exclusive to human form. You have human form, and if you are still after sense gratification, it's not really exclusive to human form of life, rather, it's available. In all species of life, sarvatra lebhyade, sarvatra lebhyade. It is available everywhere. Why do we have this human form and still pursue sense enjoyment? This is the question he asked to his demoniac friends. Hmm? And then he makes a point: yada dukham, yatha dukham tadanyata ayatnataha, yatha dukham ayatnataha. He says, "Do you endeavor to get misery?" Do, do we really endeavor, do we really put hard work to suffer? Do we do that? Today, I'm going to work hard to suffer. Do we do that? Have you ever tried? No. 
we don't so the misery comes without our endeavor true misery comes without our endeavor so prahlad maharaj says similarly happiness will also come without our endeavor does that make sense it's it's a very deep point even if you try to understand the principle of karma we can understand because of some bad activities this life or the previous activities we get some bad karma bad reactions then according to our good karma we have to get good reactions isn't it so he said ayatnataha without any endeavor one can get suffering similarly one can get happiness also these are on the material plane by the way not on the spiritual plane on the material plane see the depth of knowledge of prahlad maharaj isn't it very deep and it is applicable to one and all for all of us then he says that he makes another point interestingly enough in the next chapter that the whenever you are endeavoring for happiness that is the beginning of suffering hmm? what is that when you endeavor for happiness that is the beginning of suffering if you don't endeavor for material happiness then there is no suffering think about it when you endeavor for happiness that is the beginning of suffering why why is it so any thoughts why endeavoring for happiness is the beginning of suffering ha eh? okay we can incur karma okay so that is another interesting point then eh you get attached to the result as a result there is suffering anything more expectation is not met anything more it is materially motivated of course the whole we are the discussion is about material motivation so interestingly yes the endeavor in itself is a suffering isn't it hard work is suffering or no we may not see it as suffering but it is suffering it's difficult you work a job is it easy no not really so the 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 endeavor for pleasure in itself is suffering second we are building on our expectation so the more we work hard our expectations grow and then it is not met and if it is not met we become dissatisfied but if our expectations are met then what okay that's right on one side that thrill of happiness vanishes very fast and then our expectation increases and even if you meet our expectation how long that happiness lasts for it is flickering happiness so prahlad maharaj says the beginning of suffering is beginning of endeavor for happiness so very powerful so can you see this intelligence of this fire old and then in the prayers in the same chapter he says dukhaushadam tadapi dukham adadhyaham bhuman bhramami vadame tavadasi yogam dukhaushadam tadapi dukham adadhyaham dukhaushadam what is the medicine so we think okay we are going through some trouble and so we have a solution we have a medicine for our dukha our suffering and prahlad maharaj says the material solution for 
our material misery is of a greater trouble it's of a greater misery than the original misery in itself can you think have you thought about it no we don't really think like this we think if we have a problem we solve the problem and that's the end of it but it doesn't work like that if we go through annals of human endeavor <laughs> we can find that we have come up with solution to major problems in this world but they haven't really solved the problem rather they have increased the problems isn't it we can think about anything food even less than 100 years back we had the green green revolution agriculture revolution so what happened we started producing food so much then there is enough food in one sense we have enough food but what's the problem now with the food yeah we talk, there is not enough nutrition what do we, everyone is after what organic food previously all food was organic if you have noticed or not food was only organic there was only organic food now we have created such a havoc so we had to pay extra price for organic food we solved the problem yes we did indeed we solved the problem but we created a lot more problem lot more problems lot more problems such that there is not sufficient nutrition in the food body become weak mind become weak and we don't have good food this is applicable to everything in life we have solved we are or we are trying to solve the problem by technology is the solution are there any side effects too many isn't it too many too many problems both for both for the body and the mind that's why dukhaushadam tadapi dukham adhyaham he says bhuman bhramami vadame tava dasyogam kindly give dasyogam what is dasyogam kindly allow me to be your servant let me serve you because that is the real solution not material solutions in itself hmm? so yes <laughs> and he says one can e- figure out these kind of things by intelligence and research people do come to some kind of conclusion right oh, after all this material sense gratification is not really give me happiness this is very temporary do they do people speak like that sometimes people speak right after going through suffering people say you know after all this is not about you know there is something more it's not just about money have you heard this people chant this mantra it's not all about money have you heard this before people say it's not all about money when they go through something it's not all about money but then what happens still they go through the same thing they endeavor for the same thing so prala says even great philosophers and thinkers may come to the right conclusion that material happiness is not going to satisfy everyone or anyone they come to the same conclusion but still they cannot live a life based on this knowledge why because they cannot control their senses and mind in other words they don't have any process to control their senses and mind there is not sufficient knowledge to control senses and the mind we are able to discuss this because we have knowledge and process to control the senses and the mind isn't it and of course towards the end of this purport shila prabhupada explains and there is an experiential process by which we can experience higher happiness which is above material sense gratification without that this remains simply theory so people can 
talk a lot of philosophy. We have plenty of philosophers out there. And people go through some suffering and have a drink, then speak a lot of philosophy. <laughs> or, or on the coffee table, please speak a lot of philosophy. But it doesn't have any value. <laughs> because it cannot be applied. Prahlad Maharaj, at the age of five, later you can see at the age of five, he becomes the king. He becomes the emperor. Can you imagine? Still, was he swayed by material sense gratification? No, he didn't. Srila Prabhupada gives a very interesting definition of material sense gratification, material happiness. You know what is the definition of material happiness? He has given many definitions. One of the interesting definitions of material happiness or material desires, Prabhupada said, that which cannot be fulfilled. What is material desire? That which cannot be fulfilled. Can we fulfill any of the material desires? No. Temporarily we can. After that it will come back. So that which cannot be fulfilled. It's a very powerful statement. So Srila Prabhupada is of course following in the footsteps of Sri Pralat. And at the same time the society is trained to settle for a lower happiness. That's what is taught from the childhood. This is the happiness and please pursue this kind of happiness. That is the teaching of the whole society. Everything based on sense gratification. Generally out there, can people think of life without Friday, Saturday parties? Friday, Saturday drinks and other sense gratification? No, people can't think of it. There is a big vacuum in many people's life. That is for people out there. Even, even for us, sense gratification is an impediment in progressive Krishna consciousness. Isn't it? That is actually a very serious, serious issue is this. It is mentioned in the stage of Anartha Nivrti. As we chant, as we practice Krishna consciousness, in the stage of Anartha Nivrti, one of the Anartha is this. It is called tug of war. What is tug of war? Tug of war between sense gratification and desire to practice Krishna consciousness. Different desires come to our heart and pull us very strongly to one direction. And on the other side, we have heard everything from Shastra and we try to fight back. So there is a tug of war, which is very good. If you are on the stage of tug of war, it is good. Because at least we are recognizing material desires and we are working on it. And tug of war, you know, sometimes boys play tug of war. Have you done? It's very interesting, yeah, tug of war. I remember we had an onam celebration. We had tug of war. About 20 on one side, 20 on the other side. And we had strong rope, right? Strong rope, and we are playing, you know, holding on each side. And everyone is trying so hard. Some people are on the floor, <laughs> trying so hard. And then, eventually, one team will win. Generally, there are no ties, because after some time, at least somebody has to become tired. Right? So, in this regard, we also are playing tug of war. First in the mind, and then in action. And in this tug of war, sometimes we may lose. 
That is the nature of anartha nivritti. Sometimes we may lose, but still, don't go away from this game. One has to still continue. By the mercy of Krishna, as it is mentioned in this purport, we can see that Krishna says, what he says, hmm? who will win? Maam evaye prabhadnende mayam etam tarantite. Whoever surrenders unto Krishna will win. So in this tug of war, if you are really being pressed, then if you pray to Krishna, then there is hope. But just by logic, just by Shastra, we cannot win all the time. This is the nature of controlling the mind. We cannot, to some degree we can use intelligence, we have to use intelligence. With intelligence we can see the consequences of sense gratification, we can try to stop. But if the heart has gone beyond the control of the intelligence, then we have to surrender completely unto Krishna. We have to pray to Krishna, please help. That is the only way. So if it is beyond the uh, realm of intelligence, then only Krishna can help. Then we can chant, calling out to Krishna, chant, that can help. But wrestling with the mind may not help. Because mind is powerful, it can actually capture us very easily. It, it looks like the mind has been actually calmed down, now quite resting quietly, but it doesn't. Suddenly it will come back with all force. That is the nature of the mind. So surrendering is the process, praying to Krishna. And take the steps towards that. If mind is agitated, one can chant. If, if one cannot read because the mind is so agitated, one can chant. Listen to Kirtan. And if that is not helping, go in the association of the devotees and speak to the devotees. That helps. So we had to take precautionary measures when we are being attacked by Maya. It's very important. And otherwise, as it is mentioned, here the comparison is given to itching sensation. Hmm? Sexual desires, it is compared to itching sensation. Why? If we feel like itching, we try to itch. What happens? There is a special flavor in itching. Isn't it? Itching, there is a special taste in itching. We experience a very peculiar happiness in itching. But if we continue, what happens? First, the skin become a bit reddish, right? Then it can even turn into bruise, isn't it? Just by itching. So the same thing that which gave some pleasure now is giving distress. So this is the comparison given. Think how thoughtful analogy is given. Srila Prabhupada gives the analogy of camel. Camel loves to eat thorny leaves. Thorny leaves. And when they eat these thorny leaves, there is a taste flavor in it. But because it is thorny, as they eat, it cuts the tongue and the mouth and the blood oozes from the mouth and that gets mixed with the saliva and the leaves. And that adds taste to the food for camel. Can you imagine? The blood is giving taste to it. And they chew, they relish. So in one sense they are drinking their own blood and they are finding taste in it. So it is mentioned even the sense gratification, especially sexual pleasure, is of the same nature. So heavy it is. 
So that's why it is mentioned, very clear example is given. So Prabhupada says, give the example of the 70s, 60s and 70s, that the hippies, hippies were against materialistic society because it was happening in front of Prabhupada's eyes and that's why Prabhupada is giving this example right here. Hippies gave up society, they gave up high parentage, they gave up home, they gave up comfort, they were st staying practically on the street, isn't it? And even other people, they didn't even want to go to the street because they were drugged up and they were lying down here and there. So they could give up many things, comfortable life, uh, money, pro proper habits, they could give up everything. But still, they couldn't give up one thing for sure. What was that? Yeah, this sense gratification, that they couldn't give. So, so powerful it is. So that is why it is mentioned that this is the <coughs> prison house. This is the prison house of sexual pleasure. One is kept here. Everything else one can go beyond, one can surpass, but when it comes to that, there is a problem. And that's why there is strict regulatory principles. That's why no meat eating, no intoxication, no gambling, no illicit sex. So there are very clear prescription for this because with that, by following the regulatory principles strictly, one can practice Krishna consciousness properly. Otherwise, when this kind of desire come, understand that whatever we do, it's not going to give us any happiness. And especially for devotees, as devotees, we, we, can, we have experience. If we uh, succumb to any of the sense gratifications, after that we feel actually a bit remorseful, isn't it? We don't, we don't feel happy. We feel, why did I do that? And I didn't get any happiness, isn't it true? We all feel, it can be thoughts, I'm saying, not necessarily physical, gross processes, but even in the mind, subtle sense gratification. If we go through that, at the end we feel, why did I do that? It didn't give me any satisfaction, and next time, the same thought will come to our mind. The same impression will come to our mind. So, in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a very beautiful verse, where it is mentioned that, once, uh, even if one stops all the sense gratificatory activities, one is cleaning clean in that sense, still if one is meditating on sense gratification, it will still make continue material life, the cycle of repeated birth and death, even if it is enjoyment within the mind. And this is actually a, a taught by Krishna, and he gives the example of Yatha Sopanam in the, in the Sopna, in the dream. Because even if it's in the dream, if it's a nightmare, it's going to impact our mind and our body. Isn't it true? A nightmare has both emotional and physical impacts. Similarly, if we, even if we enjoy sense gratification in the mind, still that will <coughs> help continue material life. So this is the very important point. Of course, after that Krishna explains that it doesn't matter, Uddhava says, you know, it doesn't matter whatever it is, even if you are unable to control the senses, even if we fall down many times, still continue devotion life. Ajitendriyaha. Uddhava says, even one is, Krishna says to Uddhava, even one is Ajitendriyaha. Jitendriya is there, we have Jitendriya Prabhu is there. 
Jit Prabhu. <laughs> but even one is Ajitendriyaha. Even if one cannot control the senses, even one falls down from the platform of proper sense control, still Krishna says, continue devotion service. Then he says, Praya Pragalbhya Bhaktiya Indriyer Nabhi Bhuyate. Praya Pragalbhya Bhaktiya. Because the bhakti is very potent. And because of the bhakti, eventually one will be able to control the mind and the senses. So Krishna's advice is, even if one faces difficulties, still continue devotion service. Don't drop the ball. Just continue playing. <laughs> that is devotion. Don't drop it. Just continue. And that is a very important teaching for all of us. One shouldn't think, I am unable to control the mind and the senses, and so I will stop chanting. No. Whatever happens, continue the practice of Krishna Consciousness, even though we may face some difficulties. So this is Manasijam. What's the meaning of Manasijam? This sense gratification is comp com compared to, or it is considered Manasijam. What's the meaning of Manasijam? Mana means mind. Ja means Jayate, produced. So the sense gratification, especially starting from Sexual pleasure, it is the product of the mind. All the sense gratification, if you think about, there is a lot when we think about it. We think it will give happiness. More than the experience in itself, we enjoy the thoughts about it, the planning phase. We enjoy a lot about it. And that's why it is mentioned, it is manasijam. It's about the mind. And as devotees, since we understand these principles, if we go through sense gratification, after that we don't feel any happiness. So we have to catch ourselves beforehand. And even though if I go through the sense gratification, whether it is gross or subtle, after that it is going to give me misery, not happiness. So better not to get involved in it. So this is the platform of Buddha, this is the platform of Dhira as it is mentioned here. Because material pressure has Adi and Anta, there is beginning and end. And so, Nateshu Ramate Buddha. person doesn't enjoy in pleasure. Understanding it is temporary. It's, it cannot give satisfaction. So it's very important. So it is very important to see misery in material pleasure. This is the vision of a devotee. A devotee has to see suffering in material pleasure. One has to see suffering in sense gratification. So this is again training of the mind. Manasijam. So the mind is telling that sense gratification is equal to happiness. This is because of conditioning. And so we had to train our mind to see suffering in material happiness and in material endeavor. And that's why on the advanced platform, who is speaking here? Yamunacharya. Yamunacharya Alabandar, a great personality. Yamunacharya was a great king. He used to, of course, there's a very interesting pastime, I cannot get into the details, where Yamunacharya in his childhood, he was a devotee. He heard whole Bhagavad Gita, he memorized Bhagavad Gita, he has a very devotional childhood, but he was very intelligent and he was able to defeat the pundit 
of the kingdom by his argument in a debate he defeated the pundit and then the king had to give half the kingdom to yamunacharya so from a person who was practically pauper he became a king and then he forgot all about his devotion life and he became a sense gratificator he became a very materialistic person he was enjoying and then eventually we hear that his grandfather sent his disciple and brought him back he became a great devotee after that so it is mentioned finally he was taken on a pilgrimage hmm? he was telling he was captivated by saying that look if uh, there is a great wealth available your grandfather has stored immense wealth and you come with me i will give you that wealth so yamunacharya he went with this person to collect the wealth but as they were traveling through the forest he said you uh, he said to yamunacharya as a king you have to come alone no one can follow and he had to come in simple cloth so they both started walking as they were passing through the forest this devotee this devotee excuse me gokul don't speak okay so uh, as they were going through the forest he started reciting verses from bhagavad gita and so uh, yamunacharya started listening these verses and his mind started changing and as the time passed eventually they reached shrirangam so he said that the wealth the treasure is secured in seven gates in a big fortress so they went to because the temple had seven gates so it goes through 1 2 3 etc finally goes to the altar and he shows yamunacharya the beautiful form of ranganath so then he understood this is the real wealth and from that point onwards yamunacharya becomes a great devotee and he never went back to the kingdom and that's why he's telling then he became so advanced in devotion life when he thinks about sense gratification especially sexual pleasure he he spit at that thought when that thought comes to his mind he spit at that thought so that he became so advanced he's not trying to enjoy subtly of course not grossly even subtly he was not enjoying rather he developed a taste for krishna and now this is only possible by proper practice of krishna consciousness and from tomorrow is a special month for that isn't it is the kartik month is starting and kartik month is so powerful that this month is special in so many different ways kartika devi is shrimati radharani so the shrimati radharani is in charge of this month and whatever devotional activities we perform in this month we get thousand fold benefits and at the same time we have to be careful if we do improper activities so in this month there are negative reactions as well so it is double edged in that sense this month is very special because this month is also known as damodar month because damodar pastime took place in this month this is the month in which diwali is been celebrated this is the month of which is other great festival govardhan puja this month is the disappearance of many many acharyas especially shrila prabhupad this is the month in which 
a very important thing happened in Krishna's pastime. Huh? Could be Krishna's uh, Sharadiya Rasayatra happened <laughs> during this month. <laughs> then, apart from that, there is another important pastime happened from Krishna book. Huh? Govardhan Bhaji, we already told. Yeah, we told already. Killing of <laughs> which demon? <laughs> which demon? Eh? No. <laughs> no, in Krishna Leela, which demon was killed? And we have a very subsequent important pastime which is very connected to our Sampradaya and Vrindavan. Krishna killed which Asura? Ah, okay, here we go. Arishtasara, then what happened? Exactly. Radha Kund. Huh? So this is the, 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 the that also happened. Huh? Radha Kund. Hmm? So Radha Kund was formed during this month. So can you see in so many different ways this month is very important. And so, yes, we understand we have problems. It is not exclusive to one person. It is for probably one and all. Uh, however, there is a solution by taking Krishna consciousness seriously. Being absorbed in Krishna consciousness. How can we do that? Yes. Prabhupada recommends Karthik. What do we have to do? Minimum. What do we have to do? Karthik Vrata. Urja Vrata. What do we have to do? Huh? Fasting? No. <laughs> yeah, minimum, of course, 16 rounds. What kind of 16 rounds? Attentive, quality 16 rounds. So it is not just about increasing, okay, I want to change 32, I want to change 64. That is not the aim. Get first 16 attentive rounds, and then if you want to increase, increase. Don't make it a number game. Isn't it? Explaining to our group yesterday that when we have extra rounds, what happens when we chant our normal 16 rounds? If we are not attentive, we think in the extra round I will compensate. And when we are chanting our extra round, what happens? Already I have done 16 rounds, now let it go, let it pass. So, mind can play in all different ways. And so, to chant 16 good quality rounds, first have some time for that. Allot morning time to chant 16 rounds or most of our rounds. And then we can chant extra rounds or we can complete our rounds. So we can chant, but that is, that is there. But apart from that, we have to do two things. Sing Dhamadarashtagam and offer lamp to Krishna every day. So even if you are going, if you are traveling, no matter what, at least chant Dhamadarashtagam and offer a candle to Krishna, which we can do anywhere, isn't it? Buy a candle and offer, even if you are going. Sometimes we, you know, we have gone somewhere. <laughs> but then in the evening, just chant Dhamadarashtagam and offer a candle. Very simple. So plan. So the whole month, do this minimum thing. Why? Because this is recommended by Acharya. It's recommended by Srila Prabhupada and Sanadan Goswami in Hari Bhakti Vilas. Mentioned at least these two things are very important. So we had to do this and we had to be quite vigilant in this month in performing devotional service because we can get benefit or uh, if we perform offenses, that can actually pull us down. So we had to be quite careful in this month in the practice of 
Krishna consciousness. We had to be vigilant all the time, but especially during this month, we can apply these principles. And by that, we can develop a bit of taste for Krishna. Yesterday, I think one devotee was asking me about, a few devotees were asking about uh, losing enthusiasm in chanting and in Krishna consciousness. Very important actually, we had to, it is very good that we find that, look, I am losing enthusiasm, I am losing taste for chanting. If we catch ourselves, that's really good. Then we can take some measures. I told, take, put some endeavor in understanding something about the holy name. Read something about the holy name before chanting. Or during the daytime, sometime read something about chanting. There are beautiful books by Buddhism Prabhu Sachinandan Maharaj. Understand something about, read a bit about chanting and then our consciousness get awakened. We understand, okay, how, how much is there in these holy names? And when we chant, that helps. Also, another important point, get absorbed in some pastimes of Krishna. Let it be Dhamadar pastime. We should be able to understand this pastime thoroughly. Krishna book is so important. Or thorough reading of Srimad Bhagavatam. If we don't really get absorbed in Bhagavatam, it is very difficult to develop taste for chanting. Very, very difficult because we need some absorption. And if we get that absorption in the pastimes of Krishna, if we are able to remember them, how can we remember them? First read them and think about them, then we can remember. So our aim is to understand pastimes. It is very beautifully given in Krishna book. What happened in the seventh chapter of Bhagavatam? What happened? What Krishna Leela is in the seventh chapter? Sixth chapter, what happened? Can you imagine like that? Just Think about yourself. What is the speciality of 6th chapter of Bhagavatam? 10 canto. 6th chapter, what happened? Do you read Krishna book? Okay, you are pointing each other. <laughs> Who remembers? What is the 6th chapter of 10 canto? Hare Krishna. What is the 6th chapter of 10 canto? Who knows? Putana pastime. After Putana, after Krishna killed Putana, who did Krishna kill? Huh? Trinavarta, before Trinavarta. Shakadasira, see? After Shakadasira? Trinavarta. After Trinavarta, what happened? Huh? Don't go that far, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> go over then. After Trinavarta? Yeah, even before killing, what happened? What pastime? Very small pastime is there after killing of Trinavarta. He was lying down. Krishna was lying down peacefully on the lap of Mother Yashoda. Then Krishna? Exactly yawned, opened his mouth. And Mother Yashoda saw the universal form. Hmm? After that what happened? What is the next pastime? Chapter 8. Anyone remembers what happened? Exactly naming ceremony of Krishna. See, naming ceremony of Krishna. Gargamuni comes, naming ceremony of Krishna. And after naming ceremony, what pastime of Krishna? Very sweet pastime of Krishna. What is that? Krishna is not yet walking. So what pastime is that? Krishna is able to run in Damodar Leela. Krishna is not yet walking. So what Leela is that? 
It's all deep told. No, no, very far. Krishna is not yet walking. Then what pastime is that? I have given a clue already. No. Then Krishna is able to run. If he cannot walk, Krishna is not just on the lap and he is not walking. In between, what is that? All mothers are there, please. Exactly, crawling pastime of Krishna. And after crawling pastime of Krishna, stealing pastimes of Krishna. And then he eats mud. Right? And then Damodar Leela. Hmm? Then, as he said, you know, uh, Nalakuvera, Manikuvera, liberation and their prayers, etc. Can you see? So if you don't know, then what are you going to think? Is it true? Are, is it very complicated? Is it a complicated philosophy? Krishna book? No, it's very simple, right? We may not know all the philosophy, but at least if we know, then there is some resting place for the mind. So this is very good for us. Very simple pastimes, very easy to remember. But that will help us to avoid sense gratification. Then we can think clearly. No sense gratification, we can think clearly. Sense gratification means our mind is clouded. We are in the cloud. <laughs> we are in trouble. <laughs> okay, so I stop here. Is there any questions or comments? Okay, Prabhu, Prashant Prabhu, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. <coughs> uh, now, as you mentioned that Krishna consciousness can be practiced in any ashram. Um, so, why these ashrams are there? Uh, different natures, different ashrams. Mm -hmm. And uh, how to truly recognize uh, what is my nature, so which ashram I belong to? Do we have any doubt about it? Yeah. <laughs> Your wife is here, the yeah. son is here. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like... Uh, <laughs> is it a complicated question? Uh, but or do you want to change the ashram? Is, is that why you are asking this question? Yes. Um, Sometimes I do wonder like because uh, say, mo I feel like I have taken it upon or imposed on me due to peer pressure or society pressure. So yeah. is there any way to truly recognize which ashram... Uh, you, you already belong to an ashram, <laughs> do you? Just act in the, within the ashram, that's all. <laughs> so Don't complicate. This is, this is the question usually... It, this is not a question asked by Grihasthas. <laughs> this is a question asked by between Brahmacharya and you know before. Yeah. One is not married, one is between Brahmacharya. Join the Brahmacharya ashram or get married. Yeah. That is the kind of... People ask this kind of question. Now. <laughs> What's my nature? Can I be a Brahmachari or shall I be a Grihastha? Hmm, do I to get married or join the Brahmacharya ashram? <laughs> so, you so know. it means for me it's too late. So, right? so it is not your question. It's not for you. This question is not for you. I understand. It's not for you. <laughs> because that will be a complication now. Okay? <laughs> okay? Thank you. Yes, bro. Jade, bro. Hi, Krish, bro. Thank you. Thank you for a nice class. You mentioned about the three intelligence that we have. Yeah. Um, if we... I'm speaking for myself in, in this case, that if we have... Um, if we've been conditioned our whole life to act on the second intelligence or most likely the third intelligence level, yep. how do we come to the first class intelligence and what's the obstacle in trying to get there? Proper hearing is essential and proper practice. It's like sometimes we know we have heard, but it hasn't sunk in, not digested, eaten but not digested. 
What happens? We don't get the nourishment. When you overeat, what happens? Yeah. Probably you may not read after some time. When you overeat, what happens? You cannot thank you. <laughs> so when we overeat, that is a problem. Hmm? When you overeat, we cannot digest. Similarly, when we may hear, but we don't digest. Why don't we digest? We don't digest when, there is, when we lack in application, then there is a digestion problem. So if we apply, then we can digest. It happens gradually. If we pursue, it will happen gradually. So we are trying to digest what we are hearing by practice. That's why we have service. That's why we have sadhana. We are digesting. Hare Krishna. Okay, any final question? Yeah, Sivya. <coughs> Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank Hare you Krishna. for the wonderful class. Thank you. Prabhu, you mentioned how when we're suffering, we have the knowledge, then we get the realization. But sometimes we see we are all good, we're happy, we're not having any problems. And we have the knowledge with us. So does that mean we don't get the, get the realization and there's no point of the knowledge that no, we No, that have? is your realization. You're doing devotional service and you're happy in devotional service. So that is your realization. That will help. That realization will help. If one is going through suffering due to various reasons, then one can remember, I was doing devotional service and I was happy. Got the point? Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Granthrashima Bhagavatam ki Srila Prabhupada ki Jai Nitai Gora Premanande Hari Hari Bo.